0: For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit ExMormonFiles.com. That's ExMormonFiles.com. And now, here's Earl.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ex-Mormon Files. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I appreciate you spending some time with us. A couple of months ago, I had the opportunity to interview Richard Dutcher. It was our episode 166, I think. And I had so many people write to me, uh, had questions, and I even felt at the time, I think I even said in the interview, that I felt like this was running short and there was much more to cover. Uh, and so I've invited Richard Dutcher back. He's considered the father of Mormon cinema. He In, two, in the year 2000, he, he produced and directed, uh, starred in, uh, acted in, and... Wrote, which one did I miss? (laughs) God's Army. I'm sure many of you are familiar with that. And so uh, I'm really pleased to have Richard come back and share more of your story. And I think we're going to be able to spend two more sessions on this. so Well, it's great to be back. Thanks for coming.
2: Yeah, It's starting to feel like home. Yeah. So.
1: Well, like I said, there were so many that had responses. Uh, we mm-hmm. didn't cover much of your family. We mm-hmm. didn't cover much of your Christian walk. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't cover the movies much. So there really is a lot to so we've cover. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. yeah. And, and and rather than have me kind of repeat what we talked about, and also for maybe people who are new to this, this particular episode, I thought mm-hmm. maybe if you'd take just a second or a couple of minutes and kind of restate maybe the beginnings of your uh, life.
2: (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, we covered that pretty well. In fact, I think that's why we ran out of time was because we spent a little time. So I think, you know, anyone who's interested in... uh, some of those formative things I think well
1: they are interesting because they develop they give us a perspective right. of where right. you've come from and why yeah. you're where you're at so
2: right we covered the uh, you know childhood uh, Pentecostal and Baptist yeah. um,
1: I like the thing that came out about Pentecostals couldn't go to movies right and right. so uh, here, here you become a movie director and yeah
2: <laughs> yeah that's uh, there's, movies, that's, that's interesting. an interesting twist yeah. And, um, and then my mother marrying a Mormon man when I was seven and then uh, being baptized. And uh, yeah. we covered all of that, BYU years and and. That. Well, we got you through your early years and you rebelled right. a little bit. Oh, you yeah, were always was, studi- yeah. studious. Yeah. You always
1: liked to yeah. read. Yeah. Ended up going on a mission right. to Veracruz.
2: Veracruz, Mexico. Veracruz, Mexico. Right.
1: That was one question that yeah. came up. But where did you go?
2: Yeah, so I was in Veracruz and Oaxaca and just southern Mexico, right where it starts to... Curve.
1: And during that little po- portion of it, you mentioned something about a jail time that you spent, <laughs> and we
2: glossed right over that.
1: So tell right. us a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, it was that.
2: quite an adventure, and I realized I'd forgotten this, but I had a friend. Uh, it happened on my birthday. It was my twentieth um, birthday yeah. that I was uh, I was in the city of Oaxaca, and I would only been in the mission field for a month, maybe maybe a little more. And walking down the street one day in Oaxaca, right downtown, with my um, Mexican companion, and suddenly a man just came up and pulled his gun and said, "Come with me." And so I did, of course. And my companion, my companion's with me, and of course. And so we, and he took me immediately to to the jail. And made my companion go away because he wasn't being arrested, and and then took me in and booked me and did the whole thing. Um, and and the 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 reason I was arrested was because I was a missionary. There's there's a law in Mexico that you can't be a foreign-born minister if you're going to be a minister of religion in Mexico. You have to be a Mexican citizen. Oh. Uh, and I of course didn't know this. I Your just... companion
1: was Mexican. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's okay. why he
2: wasn't arrested. Sure. Too. Okay. Um, and so I was thrown in jail, and uh, it was everything you would expect a Mexican jail to be. I can I don't even want to go into yeah. the description because yeah. because uh, I don't want viewers to turn off the <laughs> <laughs> the show. But it was about twelve of us stuck in a big concrete room oh. with a cold night. Uh, the first night, very cold. One toilet that didn't work in the corner. Oh boy! Um, and uh, <laughs> but but the the fun part about it was was everyone was so um, and I was being led around at gunpoint, you know, and everyone everyone was so horrified by this, and I was enjoying the experience. <laughs> to me, it was like, well, I'd so rather be doing this, tracting, you <laughs> no. know, the knocking on doors. I mean, heaven's sakes, I'm a, yeah. I'm a. Uh, I'm being imprisoned for the, the gospel's sake, you know. That's it's right. like I was feeling like, like the Apostle Paul and it was <laughs> like, this is awesome. After the first night, it wasn't so awesome. <laughs> How long were you there? Well, I was there, I think it was the second day that I was, um, that I was taken out and sent to Mexico City where arrangements were made to release me and, and let me um, go back. Um, as soon of course as soon as I was thrown in jail, the
1: mission president mission
2: president knew who then went up the channels and then, and then they went down the channels into the Mexican channels and of course the church has a deal you know that they'll look the other way on the the law to let the uh, white
1: missionaries... missionaries
2: uh, right oh, interesting. and I you know which I thought I, I thought that was strange it was like so this is illegal what we're doing and yeah. that, oh. okay well and then I was sent back. You know, they made the they slapped whatever hands needed to be slapped or paid whoever needed to be paid, and I was sent back into a tiny village, remote village,
1: mm-hmm.
2: where I was allowed to be a missionary as long as I didn't wear my name tag. And, really,
1: well, this was uh, true then of all Caucasian missionaries. Right, right. Oh, interesting.
2: But but that's that story, and it, it was it was actually a, um, oh well, the funny part was of course the other inmates didn't. They they didn't. They asked me what I was in for, and I was. I, I'm a missionary, and they said a missionary who did what? You know? <laughs> yeah. And they were all. You know, we had a rapist and some yeah. burglars and and you know drunks, and it was yeah. just. And, and it was interesting because they were very suspicious of me until, of course, when the members all heard that I was in jail, they started to bring food, and I oh. had started to fast as soon as I went in. I thought that was the appropriate thing to do. Yeah. And so when they would bring food, I would just share it with the other inmates. And so I was suddenly became the most very, popular very popular person <laughs> person in the jail. Oh. And uh, but yeah, there was no and had a man teach me how to sleep because there were no blankets or pillows. And so he taught me how to use some newspapers that had been brought, mm-hmm. how to insulate it top and bottom.
1: Yeah,
2: just so you know. Um, and then I used the Book of Mormon for my pillow, and it was quite an experience. It was wow.
1: Mm. Okay. Well, that uh, tells us what the uh, jail experience was. That's <laughs> that's fascinating. Well, I, I was surprised they didn't have those kinks worked out by now, but
2: yeah. anyway. Well, that was a while ago, maybe. Yeah.
1: So you come home and uh, you start at BYU. You have a leadership scholarship, as I recall, and you ended up right. in film,
2: so Right. Had you always
1: mm. wanted to be a director, a writer? Absolutely,
2: yeah. As, as I mentioned in the other show, when I was seven years old, I saw my first film, John Wayne and the Cowboys, and it was…
1: Immediately it It was like
2: I was hooked. You just knew that's what you And I didn't know what it was really. I didn't know how to do it. All I knew was that whatever that was, I wanted to be a part of it. And so that was I was you know, as you're going through high school and college, of course people are always trying to lead you towards something else, something more practical. So teachers would tell me that I should be an attorney or a surgeon or whatever and but I always was like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to make movies. Make I want to make movies.
1: So, so you graduated in 88 from BYU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you. Are you married at this point? Did you get married right Right that before
2: time? I uh, graduated, I. Jordan
1: River Temple. Married. You ended up with seven children.
2: Seven children. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, you, but before that, you go to uh, California, right? Or right after 88, you go to California? Right after 88, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. In 89, I believe it is, we, we cool. packed up and went to. California Los Angeles
1: to start making films. That's right. Yeah.
2: Now, um,
1: G- God's Army comes out in 2000. I know you mm-hmm. worked on another project before that. Right, Girl Crazy. Girl Crazy. Okay, and you said that from that that you really hoped that uh, anyway you didn't want to uh, you wanted to be doing something important. Right, You're nothing gonna spend trivial. That much
2: time and, right, That's it's. it's you no know, had yeah. you
1: always wanted to do a, a Mormon based? No, Is that kind of what you'd come out of BYU. With? No, no, yeah. not at all.
2: In fact, I didn't. You know, it didn't occur to me until um, after the experience of Girl Crazy, when I was, you know, real or thinking maybe I was going to have to give up filmmaking because it wasn't consistent with the way I wanted to live my life and the kind of father and husband I wanted to be. And uh, it's a really hard decision. And then one day I was reading through the LA Times and I saw. I started to notice that there were all these films made for. The black community, the Indian community, the you know, oh. the gay community, okay. and I and I was thinking, well, and I was frustrated because I thought, well, why why does every other community have films but Mormons don't have films? And it just clicked, you know, it was just okay. an immediate light coming on. Yeah. And so at that point, I I realized that I wanted to tell my faith experience, my particularly Mormon experience through film. Yeah. And uh, that's where that Now, stated.
1: for anybody that's seen this, of course they know the characters are in right. it, but a lot yeah. of this comes from your personal experiences, either from yeah. you or yeah. what you experienced. No, very much there. so.
2: I, uh, I, when I first had the concept that making films for a Mormon audience or about the Mormon experience would work, Then I had to come up with a story, and so it took me a couple of shots of trying to figure out what it was, and then uh, you know, thinking of telling the story of being a Mormon missionary, which of course only a Mormon missionary really knows what that's like. Yeah. Um, But it was fascinating because I was venturing into new territory, and so I kept, you know, I wrote a few versions of the script, and it was, you know, it was what it was. And finally, my my wife, she read a. the latest version of the script, and she said, it's good, but there's just not enough of you in it. And it that made a lot of sense to me. Mm. And so then I went back and readdressed the entire stories and all of the characters and, and put my own experiences and my own um, stories, my own life stories, into those characters. And yeah. so people, you know, they think maybe that I identify most with the character that I played, Um but that's not really true. I mean, the character that I played was kind of where I was at that time in my life spiritually, but I took myself and experiences and placed them into other hmm. characters. So the the main character, um, Elder Allen, his home life is very much w- like what my home life oh, was. Okay. Um, the experience that the um, African-American missionary talks about in Carthage as a young man that was my experience as a young man and so you know I went through and I just um, and it made all the difference it was like suddenly the script came alive and these people were real and and then I had a movie. You know.
1: Oh, well, that's neat. And you were active all this time I mean you were yeah. active mm-hmm. your family active and right, so tell yeah. us about the Carthage experience.
2: Oh the, the Carthage experience. Yeah, so when you see this this one God's army there's a there's a, an experience that the the black elder recounts on the rooftop uh, on the rooftop looking out over Los Angeles about him going to Carthage as a young man and the experience that he has there and that was uh, as i said that was very much my experience my family went was, was And if you'd rather through. not
1: share it for them to watch the experience that's fine too well, so don't I think the i think spoil the, it. the key <laughs> thing
2: to to um, point out is that it was a it was a very powerful spiritual personal um, connection with with God. I mean, it yeah. was something that I was in there, and I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't manufacturing anything. I was just in a certain place. My heart was open in a certain way, and um, and I felt this brush with the divine, and it was so overpowering to me that I was I was fourteen years old and I was in the Carthage jail, and I just, I didn't, I'd never felt anything like this before, and so I'm weeping, I mean, I'm just like <laughs> weeping and weeping, and my brother, who's a very, he's, he's more uh, jaded and cynical than I was, he's just looking at me like, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> um, but co- a- having that experience and not really knowing what it is, and it was something that I had to... I had to think about when I left Mormonism because it was it was such a real and powerful and genuine experience that I couldn't deny that it happened.
1: Right.
2: But what I learned and 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 I thought, well, how could I have had that that experience and now well, now now a real spiritual experience a spiritual yeah. experience that that to me and this is where the this is where the key was, it was to me it told me that the church was true, that Joseph Smith was a prophet, that yeah. and that this was, you know, I should align my life with this. And so, well, any
1: good thing in our life kind of reinforces the fact that the church is true, because otherwise, why would we have that experience? Right.
2: Yeah. Right. And so, you know, to me, that was a a big experience, and it informed a lot of my life, because at the, after that point, I knew <laughs> that the church was true, and that I, you know, so it it it. Influenced everything in my life, you know, yeah. but um, later after after I had had my experience that we discussed, you know, at during the last episode where I, I knew instantly that it wasn't true and I knew it. Um, those were hard to, you know, it's like I've, they, they were experiences okay, that seemed to contradict one, and one here's another. Here's this one, yeah. And so I just held that in my mind until um, afterwards I was reading a, a William James book called The Varieties of Religious Experience that I highly recommend to people. Williams, William James. Huh? William James. <clears throat> and, you know, the book was hundred and some years old, but but he went and looked at and studied religious experiences across the spectrum of you know all religions eastern western all kinds of christian um, denominations and and i suddenly understood because he's talking about these genuine experiences that people have in these in these different traditions and how when they have these these brushes with the divine yeah. the only way they can the only way that they can process it is to interpret it the way that the religion has to, has taught them to right. process it and Mormonism's really strong on this you know if you have a spiritual experience it's not it, it's not just you're making contact with god it's no. god's telling you that the church is true right. and we were taught to yeah. to interpret everything that way yeah. and so it was only later that uh, that i suddenly realized oh okay so so the experience was real and it was true but maybe my interpretation of the experience was you know was uh, in its infancy, maybe it was you know, needed to evolve. And the, one of the things that, that worried me, because I had had ex, ex, very deep and deep spiritual experiences in Mormonism that you know, were beyond just emotional or beyond. Well, that comes out in this movie. Your character is so
1: committed and so, right. so intense in, in his faith and right. his
2: testimony. Yeah and, and and when so when I had the experience of knowing that it that it wasn't true there was a part of me that was like was worried that I would be cut off from these experiences you know with God or, yeah, yeah yeah and and it it worried me a lot you know because I thought now is my life going to be filled with you know the doubt and the and the sadness of having lost this and and then the uh, I had this remarkable experience where my wife and I were just visiting Washington, D.C. Yeah. just as on a vacation um, after the filming of Falling, I believe. And we went to the Lincoln Memorial, which I'd never been to before. Mm. And uh, we, we walked up and there were other people around, of course, and but we were in front of this magnificent sculpture, uh, the Abraham Lincoln seated sculpture. And something about that place, and, and looking at the the words of, I believe it's the Gettysburg Address that are etched in the, in the marble or the stone, all all around. And I had this just the surging of what I would have previously called the spirit. You know, I would have just said that's that's the spirit, uh, something outside of me touching me, and I recognized it, and I was surprised because. This was the strongest I had, you know. The spirit had visited yeah. me in a, in a while, and um, and I and I and that's when I finally understood that all those experiences were genuine. They were real. They were, and that they were, you know. Often I started to think of when these experiences happened. It's when I was was when I was blessing someone. When I was, you know, putting my hands on someone's sure. head to heal them or right. comfort them or or um, or in prayer, or, or, and I, and I, I realized, you know, this, being in this environment with the Lincoln sculpture and realizing that my soul was reaching towards something higher, and when I was, I suddenly realized, I realized what it was, you know, it was this, you know, it was my soul rising up and something, you know, or feeling, brushing, again, brushing the divine, brushing the... Um, but something between you and God, and, right?
1: Yeah, right. And in this case, not proving that the church was true, right? Or putting it in the context of what you were saying with William right. James, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. It didn't make me come out and think, well, now I have to become, you know, a Lincoln historian Lincoln or something, follower or something. <laughs> <laughs> right? It, it, but it uh, it made me understand that uh, that that. The divine was still there, and that I still had access to it, and mm-hmm. and that I still believed in all the virtues that uh, that make life so much more beautiful and noble, and that you know, are Christ-like, like, and
1: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I had that same thing. I had given a lot of blessings and had had spiritual experiences, and I guess I can, I, I had to deal with them too. I guess in coming out and. And I, I really did, f- again, feel that, like you did, that they were relationships with God or that their experiences mm. directly between me and God had nothing to do with religion right. or with the church. It didn't necessarily prove the church true, but I would have said that then. Right. Well, of course, this proves the church is true, but it wasn't. It was just a, like you say, a brush with the divine, which is wonderful. And
2: Right. Well, yeah. obviously, when a, when a Catholic... When a 14 year old Catholic boy has a brush with the divine, he, does, he doesn't think, well, that means Mormonism's true. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> you know? He might
1: have the same experience, but he says, right. no,
2: Catholicism's true. Exactly. Or something. exactly. Oh,
1: interesting.
2: And I think that's a, actually a very important thing because as I look at the Christian community and I see all this inter fighting between them, because everyone believes, you know, they're having genuine spiritual experiences as a Lutheran or, or yeah. as a Baptist, and they're you know interpreting that to mean that the lutheran lutheran's true their camp is yeah. the true camp, the camp that God approves of, and the other camp is wrong and and, yeah. and I, I I think that's it would be wonderful if people started to understand this that even you know that any human being can have this experience yeah. and then uh, yeah. every human being has that relation has a relationship or at least a potential rela- well a relationship with God. Um, and maybe a, potentially a mutual relationship with God where yeah. where they actually acknowledge him as well. Now, this came
1: out in 2000. Your experience that you talked about last time when you... And, and give us that just real briefly. You were on the bed and...
2: Yeah, I was... It was after prayer, I was... Uh, I had some things on my mind and I, I uh, had felt like I was doing everything that I could do. Not perfectly, of course. I, you know... Yeah. I I would fail of course as we all do and, and get back up again but I felt like I was in a good place and felt like I, I wanted to know what God wanted me to do next, what my father wanted me to do next and and in prayer I uh, for the first time in since that experience in Carthage when I was 14, which answered the question as far as I was concerned, for the first time I asked myself, what if it 's all not true and, it, it, and that may sound like a simple question, but to actually ask it with an openness of mind i hadn 't done that in a long time because the answer it, it had been answered sure. but when I did it anew is that a word anyone 's used in the past <laughs> hundred years um, anew. <laughs> when I did it anew um, i I had a um, the only way I can describe it is people talk about hearing a voice, and I know it wasn't a physical voice, and, and, it, and uh, that's, the only, that's just trying to find words to explain it. Explain but there the was voice. a communication that came from the deepest part of me, a part of me that I had never accessed before, that, that, but it seemed like a very clear voice, my voice, from the deepest part of me, that said, well, of course it's not true. And it was such a shock to me yeah. that that i that that was the, it was thirty seconds before I had been a believer in thirty seconds, and at that moment I knew that i I could not believe again. I just knew that it wasn 't true I just knew it you know <laughs> and uh and from that point on, that of course had ramifications that i 'm still still feeling um because at that point I knew that i that what I everything I thought about God, about religion, about my own place in the universe was um, wrong, or at least <laughs> most likely <Shattered. laughs> Yeah, and so I had to start all over again to to figure: Is there a God? Um, is there you know? Is it all? Yeah. Is it all yeah how fantasy? far do I is back it? up? Right. That's where and then what does it mean? It's like my whole livelihood's tied up in in making films about Mormon. Um, Mormonism, <laughs> um, um, at least about, you know, faith, which sure. is, uh, and then what's this going to mean for my family? What's this going to mean for, you know, it, it was, huge. you know, yeah. it was absolutely huge. And, yeah. and so I just continued to try to put one foot in front of the other in my personal life and just in my business life and just continue to, till I could process it to to make sense of it all. And it was very much like a death. I think that's the. It it was like, there wasn't a joy in it. There wasn't a a relief in it. There wasn't like, oh, good, I don't have to pay tithing anymore. Nothing like that. It was. uh, It was absolutely like. It was like a death. So.
1: Yeah, and undeniable.
2: Yeah. Yeah yeah it's something that wouldn't come back, but that's a death that you didn't understand that um
1: it sounds like you've been sensitive to the spirit for your whole life i mean had these had a a sense of of god and in your life
2: yeah i I, I think I had a hard time as the concept of god became formed in me. Yeah. Um I think we talked about I don't think no actually we didn't. I remember my my Pentecostal youth because I was a, I was a very young boy. Yeah. I think I was 7 when when we were taken out of that community. Um But it was interesting. This is important for the show,
1: (laughs) too. And you know what? We're actually out of time, believe it or not. So I'm so thrilled that we're going to be doing a second show. (laughs) I am. And we're going to talk about these movies. And I've got questions about uh, some of your process and and stuff. So I'm I'm thrilled that we're going to be doing a second one. So uh, where are we at? And I appreciate you coming again. And we'll see you again in the next episode. But I appreciate, and I haven't said this for a while, but... Trust me, you're following the Gospel of Joseph Smith, Mormons are, following the Gospel of Joseph Smith and not the Gospel of Jesus Christ. See ya!
0: This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit ExMormonFiles.com.